Welcome back to Literally Literary. If this is your first time joining us, be sure to check out our previous episodes. This episode, we are beginning our discussion on the poetry collection, Thrown in the Throat, by Benjamin Garcia. Today, we will begin our discussion on the collection, discussing some of the connections we've made and major themes found throughout. I like your intros. Today, we'll be discussing the connections and the friends we've made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's always good um, to... um, the, the first time we introduce a, a work and, you know, to our listeners out there, I, I know it's been a while. We took a little break. You know, I think uh, everyone uh, has earned it as well as you uh, listeners out there uh, from us. Um, and uh, we are um, super excited to talk about uh, Benjamin's work. You know, we, we had uh, been meaning to talk about this collection since uh, last semester um and so um you know it's it's been due um this is um collection that has uh, won awards and uh you know this is um the first time also we have featured um milkweed as a publisher which i want to talk about a little bit but um but yeah i just want to welcome you all back and you know my my friends here as well it's good to be back we uh this is kind of our first face-to-face episode in a good while. Mm-hmm. I yeah. hate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I hope um, everyone out there is doing well, you know, the, the vaccines and everything. Uh, those of us who have been fortunate to get it. Um, you know, um, Thrown in the Throat um, is um, a poetry connection, and we just had finished one. Um, you know, some are always hungry by, by Yong Yong. Um, but what did y'all want to say about Benjamin as, um, in terms of, uh, a little bit about his background? Mm. Well, um, I'm actually, I wanted to ask you, I'm, I'm curious how you came across his yeah. book and, and found him online and decided to yeah. go, you know, so we can, why did you choose the book? Yeah. So, you know, like a lot of the other writers that we've covered, um, I, I found Benjamin on Twitter and, um, you know, so, so I've been following, uh, his work since then and, and was really excited, you know, when it was released, you know, I, I've seen some of his YouTube videos where he's gotten, uh, to read from his work. Um, so that's where I, I found out about it. You know, and like I said, originally the plan was to talk about this work, you know, uh, October or November, whenever it was. Uh, but, uh, you know, better late than never. And um, it is technically March, but it's going to be April soon, right? And April is National Poetry Month. Um, and we're thinking about another collection for next month. But, um, but you know, that that's how I found out about it. And also how I found out about... Um, you know, some are always hungry, so that's why I was kind of pairing them in that kind of way, even though that they're drastically different, you know, but they're both uh, poetry collections. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always excited to dive into poetry collections. Um, I'm not too familiar with, with Benjamin. I, I just barely started following him. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you kind of said it, even though there's differences, I'm always fascinated with, um, you know, obviously the connections you know, those, those similar threads. Um, I think that's something we do all the time here on this show is, is we talk about uh, the interconnectivity of a lot of the books we've been reading. Um, and there's a big reason why, the, I mean, there's connections. 
Um, in this case, we're going to see a lot of of that as well. Um, but of course, it's always in, in the it's always also in the differences where we find very interesting things to talk about, and and I think we'll f- we'll definitely have plenty in this book to dig through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's dense, you know. It's it's a nice book, and I, it, I'm a big fan of of a book like this that I think also stands really well as, as something that could be listened to. Like it, it translates mm-hmm. really well to like the oral, like um, a lot of these poems translate well to, to prosody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to be fun to look through. And of course we talked about it pre-show, but just like the way he plays around with language mm-hmm. is um, I think unique um, enough from a lot of the other books we've read. So I think we'll have plenty to talk about there as well that maybe we don't touch upon often. Obviously, all the past people we've we've uh, worked with have these kind of elements, but um, you know, his is I think interest you know unique in a way worth talking about. Yeah, and and Vanessa, was there something about the the writers, um, the the work itself you wanted to say as far as like the recognition or? Um. One thing I did want to mention is that the majority of these poems have already been published somewhere else, mm-hmm. and he's finally been able to bring them together in this collection. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentions all the places that these poems have been published, and um, and there's a lot, you know, there's yeah. a lot of journals. Yeah, um, I think it is worth mentioning that this is part of a, a series. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. National Poetry Series. What yeah. what did we learn about that? Because it's a winner. We got to talk about that. It's a yeah. winner. That. It's on the book. That means something. Yeah. Oh, it's probably I got too way excited. <laughs> screaming into the mic. No, yeah. So okay. you know, 2019. It was a winner for the, the 2019 National Poetry Series, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, goes back to 1978, um, and uh, it was selected uh, according to what I read here uh, by Kazim Ali. Um, who's also uh, been published under this publisher, Milkweed. Um, so, you know, it's one of those collections that already right off the bat has that recognition behind it, you mm. know. And um, mm. uh, what I, um, you know, so, so, so there's, a, there's a lot there already that gives it that weight. Mm-hmm. But even if it, if it didn't have that, you know, I think this is a collection that um, is, is – um, has a lot to say about um, relationships and, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting political poems here uh, and also a lot of um, interesting poems when it comes to, um, to, to queer identity. Um, and, you know, there's 37 poems here. There's no sections. So it's uh, one of the no- things I noticed is I'm sure you all did too, is that there's a poem, a, a, by the name of um, the language in question, of which we see different versions of that. And so it's examining the, the language itself, right? And, and it goes back to what you were saying, Richie, about how Benjamin is able to play around with the, the meaning of language and, and the, the, the way that we, that we say the words. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really notable to me right off the bat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, someone who... There, there are some similarities I, I see maybe to um, Citizen Illegal, mm. which I believe we were discussing around this time this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in terms of the poetry, but also he does interrogate uh, language and identity mm-hmm. through his poems. So 
Um, but the language in question, absolutely. And something that I, I really love, since we're just kind of engaging the way this book is presented, um, something that I found I found unique. I mean, first of all, awesome cover. We can we can talk about that in a moment as well. Um, but on the jacket cover, the inner fold, it, it actually has one of the poems printed, mm. which uh, I I honestly I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah. Usually, usually like a blurb of some sort or, mm-hmm. or a quote. In this case, it's uh, kind of like um, <laughs> trying to lure you in, like like breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. <laughs> Did you like this? There's more in. You know, come inside. Very welcoming, but it it def- definitely sets the the tone for what what to expect mm-hmm. for the book. So I mean, obviously, right? They're gonna choose it for the inner jacket cover. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's also the first time for me seeing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, um, even before we get to the, um, the 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 those more of those breadcrumbs, you know, just looking at the surface. Um, so uh, just to to be so the readers are familiar, you know. So Benjamin was a 2019 Lambda Literary Fellow. He was a 2017 Latinx Scholar at the Frost Place. And a 2018 Cantamundo fellow, you know, and Vanessa, you had mentioned um, some of the places he's published. You know, he got his mm-hmm. MFA from Cornell. Um, you know, some of the works has been, besides those journals, there's also the the series, you know, like the Latinx, the Breakbeat Poets, which is a great series of, of, of poets, of, of poems and collections that have been published. So his work has been featured in that. Um, I... I you know, we were talking a little bit about the acknowledgments, right? And um, what is it that you had noticed, Vanessa, that you wanted to share? Um, I mean, first of all, there's just a lot of people that he's thanking. So that it just really demonstrates like how much work and how many people put work into this collection. Um, yeah, you can really appreciate an acknowledgments page. Uh, we, I think we said the exact same thing for... Uh, Jihoon Yoon's collection, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I think for, again for anyone who's listening, who you know has aspirations of getting, you know, their book published and out there in the world, I, I think sometimes people believe it's just going to happen, right? That's just going to fall out and plop. Yeah. There's my there's my award winning book, <laughs> um, but as you can clearly see, uh, it's a process and it takes work, and so it's it's it does involve. Submit, submitting all over getting published and then of course figuring out what's going to work for a certain collection mm-hmm. uh, we can say the same you know from Jose when he was talking about his collection and definitely Gris when she was talking about her collection like mm-hmm. she had been working on hers for quite some while mm-hmm. yeah. so you know what I'm trying to advocate here is for anyone listening who's that upcoming writer be patient with yourself put in the work develop your craft send send work out there and you know it will it will get there but try not to be frustrated if it's not happening right away because i think that's what um these acknowledgement sessions um acknowledgement sections acknowledge <laughs> yeah and, and like you're and like you said vanessa you know that there are lots and i also see it as like dedications because you know he says here thank you to all the women queer latinx trans black marginalized writers whose voices have guided me to mine and whose work has made mine possible. Uh, and then at the bottom, he says, thank you. I, uh, or he says, um, thrown in the throat is dedicated to anyone who has lived in the closet. It sucks. I'm sorry. 
I'm here in this book with you. Um, you know, I, I really like that message and, um, mm-hmm. you know, reaching out to the reader, reaching out to people whom the, 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 the poet here can, can reach out to, you know, and, um, I think sometimes, of course, poems speak for themselves, but it's always great to kind of see that note and the different uh, communities that the writer is reaching out to. Uh, so I really like that about the acknowledgments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. The cover, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about the covers. Um, so we have a woman um, w- with a revolver and um, uh, it's the design, the cover artist. Um, is mm-hmm. interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> right away, I was like, oh, it's Benjamin Garcia. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and and most people might stop there, except. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a, a layup. Like, yeah. an, an al- yeah. it's an alley-oop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's his, his exact same name, which is pretty cool. And he does, of course, acknowledge mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. It's a nice cover. Yeah. The art. It is. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's it's got this kind of um, pastel uh, pastel um, look to it, you know, that the colors aren't too vibrant. Um, mm. And it, the way it, it is, it looks kind of um, like faded. You yeah. know, like um, stained or something. You know, like it, it. It's been put together. You know, collaged together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Collage, and it's it's also um, the the texture. It's like uh, when artists uh, post up on the wall. Mm. The, the the vinyl or not, not vinyl. It's um, wheat paste. I think a lot, mm. a lot. What a lot of artists use. They they put paper up on the wall. I think Banksy does something similar to that a lot of hmm. the time. Interesting. Um, but I don't know. It does, it does have like that kind of, uh, like you said, the past pastel, I can see the texture, but it has that uh, fragmented quality to it. Mm-hmm. It's very like uh, evocative. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the, there's like some uh, nature imagery. Mm-hmm. Right? That mm-hmm. You have a lot of uh, animals depicted um, around this woman from hares. Uh, rabbits, mm-hmm. jack rabbit, uh, a cat. Mm. I don't know what else you guys see. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those covers that, like, you, you can see different things from different angles, I guess. Um, but um, you know, the, the the title itself, I don't know what you guys think of it. You know, but um, you know, it, the the alliterate. I like the alliteration mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the emphasis on throat. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that we see in, in the entire collection because a lot of the the, the poems are very uh, sensual, and um, uh, so we'll, we'll you know we'll get to that in a, in our subsequent episodes. But you know, I think mm-hmm. as a whole, that the collection does have a, a range of, of different forms, as you would expect in any collection. Um, but I think they are t- even though there's no sections, they are tied in together in a way that mm-hmm. does make it cohesive. Um, I was also thinking of like um, the title in connection to, he talks a lot about language. He plays a lot with language. He talks about um, native tongue and 
just like speaking in general. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's yeah. probably also. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, and in in terms of those, in terms of of the style of poems, you know, we get a lot of odes. You know, I, mm-hmm. and like you said, it does remind me of Citizen Illegal because we also see odes in that one, like Ode to Cheese Fries or, mm-hmm. or what have you. You know, so some of these poems do that have that kind of um, ironic tone to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of these poems are pretty heavy, you know, because, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Some Are Always Hungry and also to some degree of, of Gris's uh, poetry. Yeah. You know, because of of what it's, you know, for instance, one of my favorite reasons for abolishing ice, you know, where it does make play around a lot, of course, with the meaning of ice, you know. Um, so that's to me one of the standouts. Um, but I, I, I really like the odes a lot as well. You know, it, it's a traditional poem uh, form. But I think the way that he uses it in this one, like in No To The Corpse Flower, really makes you kind of think about um, a lot of these issues. You know, he throws in a lot of illusions, Mm -hmm. um, and and especially in that one, like, you know, to La Vicelina and and Santa Muerte, Mm -hmm. you know, so so you're just bombarded. A lot of cultural references. Mm -hmm. Even even, um, cultures, like, it's it's very modern. You know, mm. and so uh, we were talking about it. Um, there's some reference maybe that, that went over our heads and have to look up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. There, there's some slang that, you know, um, I, I, I definitely did have to look up. Um, but, you know, that's what makes it rewarding. Yeah. Um, I want to say a little bit about the publisher because I, I think it's a really interesting Milk publisher. Weed. It's just... I love saying that Milk, <laughs> milkweed. Yeah, milkweed. There's something very like um, settling about it. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of what Patty was saying at a workshop. You know, um, hear that the taste of the words in your mouth. You know, mm-hmm. and that leaves a good taste. That does work. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not not like not like pulchritudinous. <laughs> it is actually yeah. a nice meaning, but yeah. it's one of those words that's like very like rough and hard to get through. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking very pulchritudinous today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know it, it, it's I don't even know what that means but oh it's just like <laughs> extreme beauty okay and so um, the irony is that it's kind of like an ugly word yeah beautiful thing <laughs> yeah well I was thinking milkweed is ironic too you know because yeah it's a, it's a flower or whatever but weed itself right you think of weeds and you know I have some weeds I got to take care of but um, you know uh, this is their mission uh, just as the common milkweed plant is the site of metamorphosis for monarch butterflies Milkweed seeks to be a site of metamorphosis in the literary ecosystem. We take risk on debut and experimental writers. We invest significant time and care in the editorial process, and we enable dynamic engagement between offers and readers. So it's a nonprofit. And then um, it says here, you know, that they also are big on advocacy. Mm. So that to me just makes a lot of sense that they are supportive of their writers you know, because I know some some publishers have gotten in, in trouble, and these are some of the big name publishers, like the for profit ones, because of like how they mm-hmm. don't support their writer when the writer gets political or like you know they yeah. make a decision right that doesn't align with their view. And so I like that they do give the writer that freedom mm-hmm. to go out and advocate because yeah. I think that is part of a literature and poetry. Yeah, once again, we gotta we have to um, uplift and support those independent presses and publishers. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Milkweed. Milkweed. 
<laughs> it suffices to say, you know, um, th- this is his debut collection, mm. right? So we've seen a lot of debuts, you know, Greece and Yon, um, Posse. Um, so I, I think, you know, you, you always do um, think about the the. the the what what their future work is going to look like, you know, but uh, maybe we can talk about that, you know, to, once we've talked about the entire collection. Um, one of the things I noticed is uh, I don't know what you call them, but there's double slashes mm-hmm. in a lot of the poems. Mm. Uh, I don't see that too often, and I, I've seen it before, but um, right, it's like a, a hard break. Mm-hmm. Does that mean? One mm-hmm. one slash is usually indicative of like a when you write down poetry, it's like a a break in the line. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it's true. You don't see that too often though. You just mm-hmm. the double. Yeah. Um. So those are those are some of my first impressions. You know, I I really like the odes. I really like the political poems. Mm-hmm. I naturally gravitate towards those. Yeah. What are y'all's first impressions, just in general? Well, I just like I really in. Enjoyed his um, use of language throughout um, because it is very different from, I think, what we talked about before Mm -hmm. while still somehow being very similar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to kind of uh, piggyback on on that a little bit, um, I'm a big fan of what he's doing with language. And like you said, that's kind of a central theme uh, with that phrase, language in question. and. the t- what the title evokes. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I already said it earlier, but just um, some of the pr- prosody elements, what he's doing, you know, so a mm-hmm. lot of the alliteration, the assonance, the use of homophones uh, to play around, uh, pop culture references, illusions. Um, it all makes, mm-hmm. like you said, like you said, there's uh, how many poems? 30, 37. 37. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people underestimate poetry but I mean that's dense, and these poems are dense. There's mm-hmm. a lot to to dig through and and uproot and and you know examine. I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> using all these all these metaphors, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you put it to the bee, listen to the beehive, and uh, yeah, all that stuff. Um, and being here in the border, you know, I, I do gotta say that uh, there is one poem that is is Silver City. Mm. Uh, if you mm-hmm. all have ever been there, but you know, so that that was nice. Like I always, I always like a little local shout out. Um, yeah. I did a, a po- I performed at a poetry slam there once. Yeah, yeah, mm. pretty cool. It's like the only six I've ever gotten in a poetry slam. <laughs> oh, tough crowd. <laughs> it was huh? the bartender? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like it was the the guy working the bar, and he was so smug about it. He was like six. Yeah, <laughs> and then the rest were like eights and nines. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> be humble. but i don't know maybe i didn't tip him good enough i don't i don't remember now it was like uh i had my seinfeldian inner inner thoughts like oh what did i do yeah (laughs) no but uh yeah silver city cool shout out Um, and again Mm -hmm. he's uh multiple languages there's a lot of spanish Mm -hmm. in here um not nahuatl yeah so that you know that's why i was saying like i i was reminded of Chris's work um, you know, the, the, the blurbs are always, I always like reading them just to kind of see if I recognize any of the writers first. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Kazim, he was the, the one who selected this work, 
But I really like Danez's uh, Smith. You know, he's got a work called The Homie. Mm. And uh, he said that he would have titled that one the N-word. But, you know, bec- um, it, uh, it's it's another really interesting connection. And so he says, yeah, this book is a slut, immigrant smut, propaganda for the, for the F-word agenda, wonderstruck. I tuck this book deep and close. Benjamin Garcia's freaky stunning debut decimates and salivates over language like a good switch, moving language around. Um, you know, so that's like one of the words, right, that, you know, looking at the word switch, mm. moving language out the way, being moved, verse, and then, you know, the E there, like a lot of what you do, Richie, with parentheses. Mm-hmm. How can you not love how this poet loves, how these poems hate and revenge and lurk, twerk, <laughs> too easy, how they buck, bottom and fraught. They take lemons and let them be fucking lemons. <laughs> Screw the sweet. Thrown in the throat doesn't hide what's bitter. It crowns it. Mwah. Mwah. That is a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Like, Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He killed it. That, that was amazing. Yeah. That's why it's on top there. <laughs> first thing you see. Yeah, that was actually one of the first things I noticed when I when I picked up this yeah. book. This book is a slut. Whoa. Check it out. <laughs> like, I mean, if it's like a part of the work itself now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so check out, you know, the Dennis's work. Uh, I really recommend cool. it. Um, yeah. Good, good call out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that that really does blurb it on the, on the hits it on the head, you know, because mm. yeah, I, I really like how there's a lot of, 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 strong speakers in these poems, mm-hmm. you know, and again, it remi- I think it reminds me the most probably of Greece's mm-hmm. voice in her poems, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, um, uh, unabashed, unafraid, you know, um, contradictory, you know, in mm-hmm. some cases, but that's the nature of poetry, you know, is working with those um, contradictions and, yeah. and looking through the weeds, right? Um, is that Whitman? I contain multitudes mm-hmm. and contradictions. And Whitman is is referenced actually mm-hmm. in that, or to the corpse flower poem, mm. you know. And we also get a reference to you know that the T. S. Eliot's um, that coffee spoons poem, whatever it's called, um, <laughs> Alfred Prufrock. Oh, oh, yeah, the love yeah. song of J. Alfred Prufrock. Yeah, only the greatest poem in all existence, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's one of my favorites. I reduced it to a whatever it's called, but um, <laughs> we all know, we all know. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if you all had any other thoughts and just the the surface of it before we get to, you know, the maybe the first third of it or this first half of it. Thoughts on thrown in the throat. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the blurbs. I'm noticing uh, Eduardo Coral there. Mm. I see his name pop up on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Also, a nice little uh, foreshadowing what's to come on this set in this series, right? A little um, <laughs> teaser there. Yeah, Easter egg. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome, man. But uh, if if people are listening right now, definitely grab yourself a copy. And uh, read along and, and join us for these these upcoming conversations. Uh, it's a nice way to connect right now through all this going on in the world. Yeah, and you know, well, we want to re- uh, reach out to uh, Benjamin. Uh, we're really looking forward to uh, breaking down your work and uh, giving it the the 
um, our own thoughts on it, you know, and, uh, so hope you, um, you can, you know, if you want to, um, uh, let us know what you think, you know, we always are happy to talk to writers. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, next time we'll break down probably the first half of this collection. So like you said, if, if, if readers out there want to, want to get, pick up a copy, support local bookstores, if you can, uh, mm-hmm. and if not, you know, however you can acquire this, this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something I've been saying a lot, you know, uh, for, if you don't, if you're a listener and you don't know, uh, something that I've been doing during this whole pandemic is hosting online open mic nights. And we've been able to really build a community of, of poets and writers from not only the Southwest region, but from all over the country. And in some cases of the world, um, you know, just last night, we had people calling in from India, from South Korea, from uh, the Philippines. You know, uh, in fact, one of our, our performers from the Philippines, he he read one of his poems in Japanese because mm. he's going to perform at a Japanese open mic this week. Mm. So it's really mm. cool. And, and but something I, I, I try and emphasize is, you know, on top of what we're doing with that open mic is we want to support each other. You know, so so follow the follow these people online and, and um, you know. Obviously, there's merchandise and books and chapbooks and all that stuff. Um, but sometimes, if maybe if the money's not there, um, social capital can go a long way. And and so something that I'm I'm seeing is even if you just kind of share people's work on your social in your own social media, mm-hmm. reblogging, reposting, um, sharing mm-hmm. it on your story can go a long way because it's it's a nice way to maybe just put the work out there to more people who maybe have not would not have seen it otherwise. Um, yeah, so definitely, uh, if you haven't already, find Benjamin online and check out his work and repost stuff. Get the book for sure. And um, yeah, <laughs> we, we want to create these cultures of support, like like Jorge was saying, local bookstores. You know, mm-hmm. find your in your mm-hmm. if you're not in El Paso, find those those communities, those those you know community owned owned bookshops and nonprofits that are there to help mm-hmm. literary arts. Yeah. So yeah, check out like you were saying the barbed wire. You know those are the Monday night open mics on Zoom. So you can find them online, uh, and you're always welcome to kind of build that literary community there. Was that a shameless plug? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I felt like it, it was connected, but I was, I was like, let me talk about this yeah, thing. I thought it was good. Good job. <laughs> All right, cool. I just want your guys' approval. Yeah. Did I do good? <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of Literally Literary, brought to you by Border Senses and Power at the Pass. This episode, we discussed Thrown in the Throat by Benjamin Garcia. If you haven't read it, we hope we inspire you to pick up a copy. Join us for our next episode as we continue this discussion. Follow us on Instagram at literallyliterary.ep and on Twitter at literallylitep.